Holy Spirit use you and, and the gifts he's given to you. I believe, I'm a firm believer that these are the days for the church. These are the days for you and I. This is the moments that God is, is training you and I to stand and be strong in the Lord. Salvation is near. Salvation is near. The surrendering part is the is part that we do. The salvation that God brings is his part. As we go along to life in our Christian walk and our Christian faith, there may be moments when the enemy would try to hinder us. Just be encouraged when he's trying to hinder you, you are on the right path, probably more so than you realize. When we come against opposition, we sometimes are not sure what to do. Well, this, is this the Lord, you're trying to tell me something? Am I going the wrong way? Or maybe we need to pray through and believe that God is going to work all things together for good. And so if you can imagine being in the early church in those early days when they first received the Lord into their heart, when they were first heard the message of Jesus Christ, what a transformation, but there, they were not without conflict. The early church was not without conflict. And they had to work through things. And we read portions of the book of Acts where the apostles came to hard decisions they had to make. And in one place they said, it seems good to the Holy Spirit in us. There will be times when we do not have it spelled out on the wall. Many times it's by faith as we go forward, but by actions we demonstrate the Lord we're trusting God, and then we trust God that he will lead us. But the early church experienced persecution. They experienced opposition, but they never quit. They kept on no matter what it cost. And I believe that the Lord is perhaps teaching us, training us to persevere in these days that we live. And now we are being conditioned uh, for what the Lord has in mind. And I've asked the Lord, what is your purpose? What is, what is all the reason for this? And not really had a definite answer, but I understand the word is true. Then he says, be faithful to the end. Be consistent in your walk with Jesus. And be a light thrower. Reflect Jesus in you. The reflection of Jesus in you and I speaks volumes to a world around us that is confused. One of the greatest witness that we can have and walk in this life is to have peace with our God, having peace in our inner spirit, in our inner man, that we can show though the world is chaotic around us, though things are upsetting around us, there's a peace that is in your heart. Why is that? Because God is a God of peace. He is not the author of confusion. The enemy wants to confuse us if he can. Get us to be afraid even. Get us to doubt even the things that God has said to us. We're going to be looking at Romans 8, a wonderful portion of scripture. In part, it has to do as Paul struggled versus uh, previous verses to chapter 8. Paul was just just discussing, just to putting down under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, of course, we believe that all scripture is God-breathed, and God uh, used a man as an instrument, as God's holy word that he spoke into being. 
Paul himself being saved in a miraculous Salvation experience on the road to Damascus, uttering threats against the church of God, against the church of Jesus Christ. How many believe that God can still stop people that are in opposition to him? God can still arrest them. God can still bring dreams, even. We've been hearing of other peoples in other countries that are experiencing dreams, visions. Jesus is showing up. Wouldn't it be great if your loved one, whom you're praying for, would receive a revelation from the Holy Spirit, from Jesus himself, would come into the situation, into this room, into their hearts. And so Paul was discussing a bit of his own struggle. What was he dealing with? He was dealing with what you and I understand, that this body that we live in has weaknesses. This body that Paul described, it was like, he described it, it is the flesh, verse 20, I'm just preluding now to chapter 8 of Romans. Verse 18, he described, there's nothing good, oh, I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. <laughs> you know, what he's saying is, I haven't arrived. I haven't arrived. I'm not there yet. I still have to guard myself. If there's temptation of any kind of sort and anything, we have temptation. Sometimes the temptation is to just relax and just kind of drift a little bit. And I'm not talking about walking away from the Lord. I'm just, just talking about just just this time that, you know, we're not we're not excelling. We're not going forward. I'm not talking about you. You know, turning your back on God. I'm just, I'm just saying with this, just a sense to, you know, to want to just, you know, maybe I don't want to pray today. What is that all about? Why is it sometimes harder to pray than other times? Because I think we all deal with what is the flesh, the spirit that you and I have. By the way, we have a spirit also. God gives us the Holy Spirit. You and I have a, a spirit that lives within us. And later on in chapter 8, we'll discuss a little bit about how his spirit bears witness with our spirit. And Paul was describing this. Can anyone kind of identify or connect with what Paul's feeling with, feelings are here? He's, he's describing this inner battle. He described it, I know what's right to do verse 15 that which I'm doing I don't understand for I am not practicing what I would like to do but I'm doing the very thing I hate <laughs> then you skip down you look at verse 94 the good that I wish I do not do but I practice the very evil that I do not wish he's like whoa what is he saying he's admitting that his flesh is weak I find, verse 21, then a principle that is, that is evil and present in me, the one who wishes to do good, but I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man. I see a different law in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is in my members. That's a whole lot of words right there. It's tough to understand. If, you're little, if it's a little foggy, join the club. 
We have to sometimes read scripture over and over and over and over again and ask God the Holy Spirit help me to grasp what it's saying. Not everything will be understood the first time through. But we know this, he goes on. Sometimes when you don't understand that scripture, you've got to keep reading or go back and read the previous verses in front of it. It give you more light and get the, uh, the context. We've got to be careful that we don't just build things out of context in scripture. So what Paul is describing, he's describing his weakness, his fleshly side of things, and he calls himself a wretched man that I am. Verse 20, wretched man that I am. He asks this question, who has set me free from the body of this death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then on the one hand, on myself, with my mind, I'm serving the law of God, but on the other, with my, with my flesh, the law of sin. He just said, I know what's right to do, but I'm having a hard time doing it. Every one of us deal with this same kind of thing that, that sometimes we want to just, just sleep in. And that's okay from time to time. But sometimes our flesh wants to just wander. Hebrews described, he warned against the readers, be careful lest you drift. What he meant was, if you slack off, and you slack off a little more, and pretty soon you find yourself, you're off course, and you're away from the things of God. What God is calling us to is to be sensitive, is to be tender-hearted, is to be quick to hear. James said to be quick to hear, slow to speak. Talked about how that our, our inner man needs to be strengthened. And it can be strengthened. Your inner man can be strengthened so that your outer man is put in submission. In other words, Galatians talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He talks about one of those gifts was self-control. In other words, with the help of God, we, we can hold our tongue when we need to hold our tongue. And with the help of God, we can speak when we ought to speak. Catching a drift. And Paul was no ordinary Christian when he became a believer. He was an extraordinary. He was all out. He was committed. His life didn't matter when it came to the gospel. And yet he admits his struggle with what is the flesh. And so he goes on into verse, uh, chapter 8, verse 1. And he reads this. He pens it down with the Holy Spirit. There is therefore now no con. There is therefore now. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. We understand that the Old Testament law was, was there for the people of God to 
tutor them, to bring them to the place where they couldn't, they, they knew where God had inspected, but they couldn't keep the law. They couldn't be good enough. And the good news is Jesus Christ finished the law he who knew no sin, the Bible says he became sin. In other words, he took the penalty of sin, which is death, and he becomes sin on our behalf on the cross. He became sin so that we could be righteous in him. So that no matter how hard we try, we couldn't make it, we couldn't be good enough. The law showed me how short I fell or fall. The weakness was that of the flesh. No matter how I gritted my teeth and determined I'm going to do better, I'm not going to let sin come in my life again. I would find myself coming back to God in need of forgiveness. And here's the switch. Paul goes on to teach in Romans that because we're living in grace, it doesn't mean that we're free to live, live it up and live in sin. But the fact of the matter is he freed us up so we can avoid sin. That grace is not a license to sin. It's fact is by the grace of God, he kept me from sinning. He rescued me out of my self-seeking person of the flesh. And what Paul is describing is this wonderful deliverance. You've been set free. Now there's no more condemnation because Christ has taken the penalty. God looks at you and I when we receive Christ as righteous. We're acceptable because of the blood of Jesus. So I can't work hard enough I can't be good enough to save myself. Jesus comes to save you and I. And so the law, Galatians described it, acted like a tutor. In other words, it brought me to realize how short I fall in my own strength. But Jesus now has become our righteousness. Therefore, we are able to rise up and put on the Lord Jesus Christ, as it says in Romans, put on the Lord Jesus Christ, make no provision for the lust of the flesh. And I liken it to this, if I feed my inner man on his word and come into his presence, my inner man is going to get stronger in the help of the Holy Spirit 
is going to have liberty to have me move in a way I ought to move. Verses 4, 5, and 6 deal with the flesh and the spirit. No one has to teach a child how to sin. No one has to teach a child how to be selfish, right? We're born into this thing. We all have the same problem because of the fall of man. Cut of one man's sin, Adam's sin. All mankind has the same problem. But Jesus wants his death once and for all. Those who come to Christ receive his forgiveness. And just as one man died, and sin entered in, Christ, his death, paid for all the sin of whosoever will believeth it on him should not perish. Verse 5, for those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. Right now, there's a battle that's going on in the world. We feel it. We see it. There's a lot of flesh. There's a lot of things of the flesh. There's a lot of things being demonstrated. But for the church of Jesus Christ, we realize we don't fight against flesh and blood. We're not struggling against flesh and blood. The real battle is in the spirit realm. The real battle is in with that, with the spirit uh, of the enemy trying to to, to the church of Jesus Christ, trying to discourage us, to keep us uh, entertained, so to speak, or distracted of any way or shape or form to get us off our knees, to get us in the flesh so that we operate in the flesh, but with the help of the Lord, we're not going to let that happen. Are we? We're going to allow the Holy Spirit. What we're going to do, we're going to go before God and we're going to wait on him. We're going to soak in his presence. How do I keep my mind pure? How do I keep my mind on the Lord? Because it says in verse 7, the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God. It does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh can't please God. So what do we do? What do we do? How do we keep in the spirit? I, I'm going to suggest some practical ways. Number one, shut off devices. Shut off media. Shut off. Don't let that become the main thing. Keep your quiet time. Soak in his presence. You guys that are mechanical know how important batteries are in a vehicle. What happens when the battery goes dead? It won't start. It'll go, uh, 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 right? And you go, uh-oh, I'm not going to get started. Well, what happens when Christians don't put themselves, their batteries, on the Lord's charger? We begin to get weak. And all we find ourselves, oh, I've drifted from his shore. I need to get back. Shut off devices. I, I believe it's important. 
It's so important that you and I are listening for the help of the Holy Spirit. We're listening for the help of the Holy Spirit. Whispers into your heart, and he says, this is the way, walk in it. If you don't have the help of the Holy Spirit, we're just simply saying, I'm just going to do what seems good to me, but I haven't really talked to the Lord about it. And maybe we find ourselves being more upset and more easily upset and more easily disturbed because of all the turmoil that is going on because we've gotten our eyes off Jesus. We have to take in balance. Those are in the flesh can't please the Lord. What does God say? There is a place for you and I that he has for you and I, that he has a place in his heart for you and I. And he wants us to come and, and he wants to fill that place, that void in your life and mine. He wants to fill that place that is void because no matter how much stuff I do in the flesh, I can never get filled. I can never be happy. I can never have the peace. The peace that is only going to fill our hearts is the peace that comes from above, the wisdom that comes from above, as James described. There's a wisdom that comes from above. It's not the wisdom of man. It's the wisdom of God, the Holy Spirit. And if we're going to live above these things that we're seeing in our land, we have to keep in tune. We have to walk in the Spirit. Aren't you glad we can do that? Aren't you glad that God hasn't left us to, to try to just make it on your own, just do it, whatever feels good? No, he's talking to us now. This is the time for you and I to kick it in, kick in, and so to speak, add to your time, add to what God wants to put on your life so that others who are empty and dry and are confused will say, what is it the Lord is doing? What is he saying? What, I, what is happening? Paul is describing here in these verses his weaknesses. Even to the point where he knows and he admits in verse 10, and if Christ is in you, even though the body is dead, even though we, when we die, if the Lord tarries, Yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. Verse 11, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who indwells you. If the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you and I, he will also give life to us. Now he's talking about the resurrection. At the same time, he's talking about his life now, living from day to day in circumstances. So when you get to your workplace on Monday or whenever you're where, wherever your workplace, maybe it's just at your home, wherever it may be, that you, in fact, could have the mind of Christ. That you are operating with the mind of Christ. 
so that in fact we are not going to uh, allow our flesh to become the leader. We're not going to let our flesh just do what it wants to do, but we're going to keep ourselves in submission because the Lord is the one who wants to be seated and desires to live and move through you and I. In fact, Paul described you and I as vessels in one place, earthen vessels, clay vessels. We're fragile. We're subject to sickness. We're subject to discouragement. We're subject to being disappointed. We're subject of failing. But the treasure is that which is in you, which is Christ himself. That treasure is the message, the one who came to save us, the one who lives inside of you and I, that we, in fact, have a reason as we walk out of these doors today. We have a reason to live and have our being. We have a reason to rejoice because our God is coming back for you and I someday. But until that day, he's given us the power and the blessing of the Lord to live in such a way that will even as the days of Noah, Noah preached righteousness. He didn't stop because he had the majority of people were against him. He rescued, he gathered his family, and I'm sure his family member even had their doubts. Mom, Dad, what are you doing? Are you sure you heard from God? Yeah. Yeah. We've heard from God. You and I have heard from God. It's like he's saying, my children are are you? Now is the time for you and I, my children, to stand and declare the things of righteousness. People will see your, your peace, the peace of God. And my encouragement to people that are wondering, are you, how do you know you're saved? How do you know? There's a couple of verses in 1 John chapter 5. It says, he who has a son has the life. And he goes on to say, these things I have written that you may know that you have eternal life. In this chapter 8, there's also another clue of that assurance of salvation. You read on and get down to verse 15. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again. What is he referring? He's, he's, he's saying, when the law was in place, you lived with fear. You messed up. You were in big trouble. But you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. You see the relationship here? The sons or daughters, he's adopted you, he's taken you in. We could not save ourselves. 
He saw us while we were yet sinners. And he sees the potential that you and I can have through Christ. The Spirit himself, the Spirit, the Spirit, God the Spirit, himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. It's like you're talking to God, he's talking to you. You're walking with God, he's walking with you. There is this assurance that comes that's going to be okay. If death should happen, it's going to be okay. The old minor prophet of Habakkuk. I don't know how you pronounce it. Habakkuk. Maybe you do. I, I, you, it's okay. Habakkuk. 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 <laughs> you know, Habakkuk is an Old Testament prophet. He gets all the way to the end of his message. He had a hard message to deliver people of God. The people of God were obstinate many times, stubborn, resisting the things of God. They were resistant. They were trading in lies for truth. And oh my goodness, it was like a mess. Was there any hope? And there he pens down in this little tiny book. It only has three chapters. And he gets to the last four or five verses. Habakkuk 3, 6, though the fig tree should not blossom, there be no fruit on the vines, though the yield of the olive should fail. And the fields produce no food. Though the flock should be cut off from the fold, and there be no cattle in the stalls. Yet I will exult in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He has made my feet like hinds feet and makes me walk on my high places. What is he saying? Things got tough. Things got tougher. And it was like there was no hope. Yet I will exalt what he did as he looked past the circumstances and begin to embrace the grace, the rejoice in the God of his salvation. In fact, he describes his strength being like Heinz, his type of a deer. The type of a young, agile, very limber, one who can jump to high places, hold his footing, makes me walk on high places. In other words, what is God saying us today? Hold on, hold on, be strong, not of yourself, be strong in me. I will take you through this. I will be your God. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't take your eyes off me. Don't put your trust in man. Don't trust in flesh. He will fail you. But God never fails us. So we can have peace. Your children 
are going to be okay because God, your grandchildren are going to be okay because there's a God in heaven. He's working. Your prayers for them are not going to go left unheard. He works. Even when we forget what we prayed, he remembered what we, we've been praying. He, he wants your children and your grandchildren, your great, 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 on and on. He wants them all in his heavens. And the enemy would love to kick us and get us to stop praying and stop believing that there's any hope. But God is saying there's hope because of me. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if he can take your life, he will. If he tries to take, he if he can't get your life, he'll try to get someone else's life near to you. He, he just is, but let's resist him. Pray with me. Jesus, right now, we resist the enemy by coming to you, surrendering right now to you. We are surrendering ourselves to your power. I cannot save myself. I cannot change the circumstances. I can only change my attitude and my heart toward, toward looking to you. And I choose right now, let you be Lord. Let you renew my mind. I'm choosing to think on that which is good and pure. And then we uphold and say, oh, Lord, we bring our sins to you. We bring our self-seekingness to you. And we say, oh, Lord, help me to walk in that place you desire. Help us, Lord, in the nation to return to the foundation of truth in the name of Jesus. We believe right now for our loved ones, the people that we're praying for, that their eyes will be opened, that the day will come when they will recognize Jesus as their need for Lord and for their salvation. We pray for that right now in the name of Jesus, that you will rescue, you will continue to save family members, neighbors, people who we work on the job with the light of Jesus. We reflect that in your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit is, he goes with us. He just sent us out with this one song that emphasizes the help of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> 